You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Jamie D and Big Newt, your favorite podcast of all podcasts. We're hoping so. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton. He has all of the football knowledge. I don't even have the personality of this duo. Anyway, how you doing, big man? Man, I'm doing awesome, man. Hey, hey, it was a great weekend. Uh, the Bills got back on a winning track. As I told you last week, Jalen's team played for the uh, NYFL championship, blew out Highland Springs 35-12. to we partied all weekend, uh-huh. drank sodas. He drank sodas while I drank other things. And I got to see Notre Dame go down to Virginia and get a big win. And uh, and speaking of the Notre Dame game, for I know some of us are Notre Dame fans that listen out there. We played the backup quarterback, Jay Wolfert, and he's actually from uh, Chesterfield, Virginia. And my daughter, Simone, is very good friends with his little sister. So I feel bad for old Jay, man. He's an outstanding football and baseball prospect at UVA, and we terrorized him for nine sacks, man. So that was fun. Whew. And then, uh, yeah. And he didn't so have then, any fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he threw, he threw a couple of nice passes when he had time, but, yeah, our defense just terrorized him. And then uh, the Wizards won also, and then come the next day. Oh, and uh, Michigan basketball won in D.C. They played Prairie View A&M. Up in D.C. at the uh, Mystics uh, Center, um, mm. and then on Sunday the Buffalo Bills had a had a game where I didn't have to stress out at all and and got back on a winning track from last week. The Bills, that's what we're here for, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's basically saying, Newt, we don't care about all that crap you're talking about. That's- <laughs> <laughs> that's I just wanted to let people know why we were here. That's all. We can edit that out, then. We can cut that out. No need. No need. <laughs> so, anyway, the Buffalo Bills got things back on track on Sunday, and they used some interesting methods in order to get there. And, frankly, I was really happy with what I saw. Damn it, Newt. That's how you bounce back from a bad loss, is it not? It is, man. You know what I say all the time. I know I'm disrespectful, man. But you, when you got a chance to play the Scrubs, man, any given Sunday. But I tell you, we took them behind the woodshed from start to finish, man. To go ahead and score the first two times we touched the ball at the beginning of the game and then come out after halftime and score three consecutive times, man, and put them out their misery. It was a wonderful thing. At the end, we gave up a couple late touchdowns. Even when our starters was out there, that was not fun. But, I mean, we we took care of business, man, to get back on the winning track. Well, you know, there was some intrigue there when the Buffalo Bills had the ball in the first quarter and they ended up 
getting a big play that was nullified by a Deion Dawkins hold. And then Josh Allen took one of the biggest hits I've ever seen him take. When their uh, blitzer came off the right side, Josh Allen never saw him, hit him straight in the chest, snapped his head down against the turf. Josh Allen came off the field screaming at people, which is not something we normally see him do. And it's almost like he was saying, guys, get it right. We're not doing this again. We we absolutely are not going to play like we did last week. Get your stuff together, I, I think is basically what he was telling everybody. And they did from that point on. It was really the kind of thing where the Buffalo Bills offense looked like it could do almost no wrong. Now, granted, they still weren't great at running the ball, but when it came to the passing game, the utter disrespect that they showed the Jets secondary. I mean, covered, double covered, it didn't matter. They were throwing the ball into double coverage and they were saying, hey, you've got injuries. Both of your safeties are out. At least one of your uh, backups is even out of the game. We're going after this dude. They made a mockery of the Jets secondary. Yeah, they did. But going back to what you said previously, on that play where Josh Allen took that sack, do you remember what formation we were in? Meaning how many people were in the backfield? Uh, There were two people in the backfield, and it looked like both the tight end and the running back went out into their routes to the right and let the blitzer come through without chipping him. Okay. And so, and we know in football, we block. When you blitz, you block from inside out. All right. So, I'm assuming, I don't remember the formation offhand. I'm assuming because he came free. So, you're right. Either the tight end or the back to that side is going to try to uh, chip that guy so he don't get a clean hit. Mm-hmm. What I did see, and once again, I don't know the play call. I don't know the uh, – if you don't know the play call, you don't know what the progressions are. But his head didn't even look that way. And once again, I, I'm always on Josh Allen about pre-snap reads. Mm-hmm. When you look at him, he never looked that way. I do remember that. And so I'm just like, come on, Josh. You got to see that, bro. You know, because it isn't like it was a delayed blitz. I mean, you saw it. I mean, if you, I mean, you saw it on TV. So I, I – I don't know, once again, what the play was, and I don't know what the assignment was on the backside um, on the backside uh, running back, but I would imagine somebody picked up. But if you blitz and everybody's covered up, if the guard's covered up, tackle's covered up, then it's meant for that guy on the outside to come. So he has to see that pre – he will help himself if he see that pre-snap. Absolutely. So before the snap, he didn't look to the right side at all? No. Well, oh. no, I'm talking about as the ball was snapped, he was looking to the left the whole time. Yes, the, the whole time. came from the right. His head never turned. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm assuming when he walks up to the line, he's he's looking at the defense, pointing out the Mike linebacker. But once the ball snapped, he looked to the left the whole time. He didn't even look to the right. So, and that's one thing. And I believe he was, was he, ah, he was under center that play. I believe it was a shotgun. So that's one of the advantages of getting shot, shotgun snaps. As the ball comes, you're still facing what? You're still facing forward. Mm-hmm. Where when you take a snap from under center, then obviously you're turning one way or the other to throw the football. So I do remember that I, I'm almost sure that he took it from under center and he looked left the whole time. Yes. Okay, that makes that makes sense to me. 
sometimes when the quarterback gets hit, it's the quarterback's fault. So can can you please explain to the listeners, somebody who's less knowledgeable like me, when it comes to quarterback reads of potential blitzers and how that works? Well, I'm going to give you a perfect example. And I know this is a Bill podcast, but I have great respect for what Tom Brady is. You ever wonder how Tom Brady never to get took hits? If you ever watch uh, Peyton Manning when he played, he never took a lot of hits. That's because he knew exactly what the defense was doing. He knew when the blisters were coming. He knew how the protection was going to pick up. Once again, I, I keep reiterating this to people, that a lot of it is quarterback knowledge and experience, right? Mm-hmm. Just like all, we talked about running backs. I told you in Little League football, our coaches yell at our offensive line, you got a block, you got a block. Well, if we had a more dynamic quarterback back there who knew what he was doing, it'll make the line look better. Mm-hmm. Like, I pinned that one on Josh Allen. Once again, I don't know the play, but I pinned that one on Josh because I've literally seen you not even look over there. You have to know that pre-snap read. So is and the so, assumption that whatever the blocking scheme that is called, that it did not allow for a blocker to be put on that guy, assuming that the play was executed as it was scripted? Yeah, because sometimes sometime if you you only have five blockers in the uh, offensive line, then you have the tight end, you have the running backs. Let's say everybody stays in, but you bring an extra one. Once again, like I just said previously, you, you're taught to block inside out. So if someone crosses you, let's say if I bring a Mike linebacker up to A-gaps, that running back is going to step up and take that guy. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to block down, meaning block inside out. So it might be somebody coming off the edge free. You have to get rid of the football. Mm. You also have to know that. You have to know as the play develops that Mike linebacker coming I don't want to have somebody come hit me directly up the middle so we got to block inside out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if he comes free, I'm sure that was a missed assignment, but he has to know that. Only time time I put it on the line is, let's say, for instance, uh, when uh, Tommy Doyle got in the game, the the play that uh, Deion Dawkins got hurt, he just got beat. You see what I'm saying? He got blowed up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now that he can yell his line about like you just got beat and I took a hit. But at least I mean, it wasn't a straight, you know, it wasn't a straight just at least he put some hands on him. He just got beat and got sacked. He barely put hands on him. But you know what I'm saying? At least it ain't a free. It's a difference between a free rusher coming and you get your head knocked off. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, you saw his head snap hit the ground like those hurt. But he, from what I saw, he should have seen that. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought so opinion, too. I, opinion, I thought so too. You know, not knowing, you know, but I, look, I don't want to act like I'm died, uh I'm killing Josh Allen. He played a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, according to um, Sal Capacho, he broke some record. I think. Well, he had thirteen point one yards per pass attempt, and that is the highest for a quarterback in a single game over the past two seasons. Oh, over the last two seasons, yeah. So, I mean, he played a wonderful game. Uh, Vegas got him uh, back leading for the MVP odds. And I'm going to say this right now. I've told my friends the last 48 hours, we're recording this on Tuesday, if he goes out and plays well on national TV, that starts next week, 
Mm-hmm. When we play the Saints, you know, he could keep the ball going this week against the Colts. But if he plays well against the Saints and then follow that up with a good performance and a win Monday night football against the Patriots, which is going to be for the division lead, he is going to ha- – I feel like he's going to have enough um, – what do you want to call it? Yeah, enough juice. He's going to have a ball rolling, yeah, to where – they're going to go ahead. I, I feel like he'll be the leading contender for the MVP. He's still in it. Yeah, yeah, he sure is. And with Kyler Murray being injured right now, Murray isn't building the counting stats, the yardage, the completions, the the touchdowns, if you will. And that's that's Allen's biggest. Well, him and Tom Brady are Allen's biggest challengers right now. Right, but Tom Brady went out and stuck it up here, and he stuck it up in Washington this week. Yeah. You know? And you see Chase, I don't know if you saw, but Chase Young towards ACL, man. Some thoughts and prayers out to him, man. A good young pass rusher up there for the Washington football team. And if you watch that play, you hate to see it. It was a non-contact injury. And that's just, that. that's the worst. That means it was about to go, and there's nothing you could do about it. Right, exactly. So, Tom, I, I feel like the NFL wants Josh Allen to win this thing. It's their form. Once again, we talking nauseam, the schedule set up for it. Um, it I mean, it's there, it's just there for it's there for the taking. So he just gotta go get it. So if he if he play well those two games, I'm I'm giving a hot take. If he plays well those two games, he'll be firmly cemented as the front runner, I think, for MVP. And it that can would, happen. That'd be nice. And it's possible. I mean, yeah. absolutely. I mean, go out there and beat a hobble Saints team who gave who gave Tennessee a good game on Sunday. Their hobble got a lot of injuries. Kamara didn't play, and then and and, and you got to beat Mac. You got to find a way to beat Mac Jones, man. They're hot, and I'm scared of New England right now. And I'm sure we're gonna talk about that, but you got to oh. figure out a way to beat those guys. They're they're a good team for them to have destroyed Cleveland the way they did. You have to take them seriously. And let's let's call a spade a spade here. Mac Jones is a good quarterback. Yes, he is. He is yeah. incredibly efficient. Yeah, he is. And so has he seen the things that we're going to do to him? I mean, I don't know, but Cleveland got a top five defense themselves, and they dismantled them. Oh, it, the defense looked helpless uh, against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But you know who looked helpless? Who was that? The Jets' defense. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to bring that up because what was the big difference between the game against Jacksonville to the game against the Jets when it comes to offensive personnel? Spencer Brown. Spencer Ethan <laughs> Brown. That's Spencer Brown, man. I've got some mind-blowing stats here that I got from Joe Marino. Okay. These are the five games without Spencer Brown versus four games with Spencer Brown. Points per game without Spencer, 25.2. Points per game with him, Mm 38.5. Yards per game without, 364. With? 448. And mm. rushing yards per game without 111 with 135. That's not as big a jump as the other two statistics. 
But what does that tell you? Now, you... The thing about it is, and then you look at our schedule. Yeah. All right. We should have had successes with the games he's been out because he missed what? He missed the Miami game and the Jacksonville game, right? Mm-hmm. He missed those two games. All right. And not, and I guess the Jacksonville game is probably what's really bringing down the number to, you know, skewing the numbers um, to his favor. But the way the schedule is set up, it shouldn't have been that. We should have been able to get by and score on Jacksonville being one of the worst teams in the league. And then we followed that up with the Jets where he returned and we hung 45 points up on another bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it just goes to show the importance he is in our offense and the trickle-down effect of moving Williams from tackle to guard. Where we, I'm sure we all could admit a blind man could see that he's taking a step back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope, I hope and pray, like we talked about last week, that we uh, address the interior of our line through the draft because mm-hmm. one draft could fix your line. Just imagine if we go first round, we get the best offensive lineman available, interior, that's a guard or center, and then we follow that up with a second round pick. That's just, that's just saying if we don't do anything in free agency. Mm-hmm. So if you get a guard in the center first round, and what I don't understand is going from we're hashed up what we talked about last week. Offensive linemen are most are almost the most surest things in the draft. Are they? Hell yeah, man. What how many offensive line besides Cody Ford <laughs> and Mike Williams? But besides those two. Almost every offensive lineman is a sure thing to be a starter and wind up being serviceable. First-round linemen might not necessarily become all pros, but at least they're going to be this less chance of them being a flop. And why do you think that is? It could be a lot of factors involved in that. Um, I feel like offensive line play is easily transferable from uh... college to pros. You have the type of people they are. Maybe they're more grounded, hardworking. Look at uh, offensive linemen. Doesn't think about commercials and all the other factors that go into that you get um, in the NFL. Maybe they deal with money better. You know, um, mm. like I said, my being down in New Orleans with my friend, and I used to drop them off um, at the uh, facility before games or drop them at the airport. And you see the offensive linemen, man, you know, they got their pickup trucks and they Camrys and all the receivers and quarterbacks and DBs and stuff. They got their Mercedes. They got their <laughs> nice suits and jewelry and pretty girls. See the offensive linemen, man, they got their one little wife and they drop them off, they kiss them, drop them off in their pickup truck. So maybe they know how to handle money and success more. Wow. Uh, you know, I never thought of it that way, but. If you're a diva, that would be the wrong position for you to play guard. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't have too many divas. Those are, you know, salt of the earth people, you know. So I think it's all those things. Is there something transferable? Like you said, it it may be more transferable, but about the physical skill, is it the kind of thing where you can take a really big guy that's athletic and teach him technique easier than you you can at other positions? Of course you can. Look what we did with um. Oh, jeez. 
what's my boy who left and went to Philadelphia became a, a hall? Oh, of Jason Peters. Jason Peters. Jason Peters was what we did, he was un, he was undrafted, right? He was an undrafted free agent. He was a two hundred eighty pound tight end. Tight end, and we put him at tackle. We coached him up, and then he went on, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know. So if you're a good athlete, yeah, you can coach a good a big athlete. You can coach him up to be a good. I mean, if you got good feet and a little tenacity to you, you could be a good offensive line. Well, I I think we're seeing that in Spencer Brown because the book on him was that he was too inexperienced and he was going to be a project. Well, you see him out there on Sunday. Did you see that pancake block he had on the Matt Breda touchdown? Yes. Oh, love it. Thing of beauty to be able to find a, a smaller, quicker guy in space like that and get your mitts on him to the point that you take him to the ground. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm smelling greatness here. This guy is rapidly becoming my favorite Buffalo Bill, and not just because he yells at guys for being shorter than him that are trying to mess with him. Well, he brings an attitude and tenacity to the game that I think you need to have. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, I and I keep saying this, like I miss Richie Incognito, man. He might have been an ass, excuse my language, but sometimes you need asses on your team to be successful. One time... Back when my wife was in high school, a guy with a very Italian-sounding name once said to somebody, kiss my Italian ass. And for the last 30 years, he's been known as the Italian ass. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize to you, the children who are listening. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the parents of said children. Should Should we talk about the defense a little bit? I think we should, man. That picture, that picture almost shutouts, man, I tell you. Because the Mike White hype that was coming in, or the white kid, as he was once referred to, it was a massive train. Like like we may have mentioned, it was almost like the Jeremy Lin sort of situation when Lin Sanity swept New York when he got in the lineup for the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. It seemed like that with Mike White. And now, after four interceptions, well, he's been exposed. This Buffalo Bills defense, I would bet the house that they are going to make any rookie quarterback look like a fool. Less Matt Jones. <laughs> yeah, about, like, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, if you're an inexperienced quarterback, we feast on those things, man. And Yeah. It's tough because he didn't. I feel like he didn't have a lot of help this week. Once again, they, they're not a good football team. No. So anybody could flash week or two, but it's consistency. That's the key. And in this league, man, it's hard to do that. I I would have been very surprised if he would have had success against us this week. And if we if he did have success against us, I would have said that we just played bad. You understand? You understand? I think it would have been more about us than him. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the Jacksonville game. Like it, I feel like that game was more about us than it was Jacksonville. Even though I was so sick of the whole Josh Allen versus Josh Allen thing. Oh, that made me sick. Mm-hmm. That was so stupid. <laughs> 
that at least you being at the game, you didn't have to suffer through that, man. That was intolerable. But I think it's more about us than it would have been about him, even though the media probably would have tried to flip it like that. Sure. Um, AJ Klein played really well. And if I hear another person say that they should bench Tremaine Edmonds for AJ Klein, I might lose my nuts. Wait, I might lose my mind. I might go nuts. Not, I might lose my nuts. <laughs> lose your mind, but not your, yeah, don't, don't lose that. Please, for the love of God, don't lose that. That's going to definitely be on the outtakes when we do the outtakes, man. Oh, yeah, that's definitely there for an outtake, but we're, we're keeping that this episode, undoubtedly. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That wouldn't be my hot take person, AJ Klein Ball. Though I've been on record of questioning him. I mean, he sure he, he balled this week, man. Seven tackles, I believe, two or three for a loss. He was the second league tackler, I think, this week, man. And hey, he brought it, man. He mm-hmm. brought it. Um, do you? What do you say to people who say we shouldn't have paid Tremaine Edmonds, but because we got AJ Klein? Uh, they're not even the same creature. They're they're not in the same ballpark. AJ Klein is your classic stack linebacker that plays at the line of scrimmage, and he'll play tough against the run. But he's not a he's not an overly dynamic player. He just happens to have played well. Um, the Bills didn't know how to use him early last year, and he looked terrible because he was totally right. out of position. You know, right. they, they had him deep in coverage, which is not his game. Now they don't call on him to do that. They have him blitz and they have him go after running backs. Tremaine Edmonds could do all of the above. But can we get by? No. Okay. I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but if let's just say Edmonds was out for the year. Okay. And AJ Klein had to play. Are we still the number one defense in the league? No. Oh. No, I don't think so. Um, You know, this this defense has a lot of really good players. Um, Trey White is a superstar. The safeties don't get their due. But overall, what it is, is a collection of a lot of very good players that work well within the system. And I don't think you can pull too many of those players out of this system and them still be equally as successful. Okay. You know, this it's not like the Pittsburgh defense where you have uh, Cam Hayward and TJ Watt and both of them are going to end up as all pros this year. Right, right. You have studs everywhere. Right. And then they have Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end too. Like, like this, this isn't that sort of group of people, but top to bottom, they do what they do, obviously better than anybody this season. Uh, they have the best defense in the NFL right now. They rank first in expected points added per drive, which is a, a big stat over on uh, The Athletic. Um, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Okay, okay. I didn't know you went back to Buffalo. I thought you were talking about Pittsburgh. Okay. Oh, I'm Buffalo. sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, the yeah. Bills are first okay. in expected points added per drive and points allowed. Um, they're doing something right. And, you know, we can't blame the scheduling gods just because they've had a, a weak schedule. They're doing something right. 
Yeah. Well, see, when you talk about Pittsburgh defense, though, you talk about the can handwork T.J. Watt, and I think T.J. Watt left the game on Sunday. Also, the tie against Detroit, which was just a mess. Um, I think he left the game hurt. I don't know how the severity of his injury, so we got to keep an eye on that. But Buffalo's going to have some all pros on their defense, right? And then wouldn't you imagine that T. White's going to be all pro? I think Matt Milano should. Matt Milano. Well, let's just say, do, do you want to count all pros or pro bowlers? All pro. All pro. So you don't want to talk about, okay. Because okay. pro bowl, pro, it, it gets a little muddy, doesn't it? Well, it gets muddy, but it's it's so hard to make all pro. Right. And some of it's political. Sure. Where Pro Bowl is, yeah, okay, so let's stick with all pro. Okay, let's stick with all pro. All right. Um, Matt Milano should be one. Tremaine mm-hmm. Edmonds was all pro. No. He was all pro. Did he make all pro last year? No. He made the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl last year. He didn't make all pro? No. Milano, T. White. That's it? You know, you got to think we got more than just. If we have the number one defense in the league, you got to think, does Hyde make it this year? Here's where you start getting into the politics of it. If Hyde ends up, Leading the NFL in interceptions, he would he would be an All Pro, undoubtedly. But if he falls anywhere short of that, no, he's not going not even going to be noticed. Where do you know where he is right now? Because I know you got the kid at uh, Diggs out in uh, Dallas balling out. I thought he led the league in picks right now. Yeah, um, he does with. He's got another one. You know, he's interesting because he comes down with the ball a lot, but he also gets burned a lot. Um, He has eight on the season. So it's unlikely anybody's going to catch him. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs. Yep. And so does Hot? So you feel like Hot needs to lead, lead the league? Okay. Or at minimum, he needs to lead all safeties. I'm just thinking. Okay, when you talk about Pittsburgh, and we know they have some outstanding talent on their defense. They historically have. But mm-hmm. I'm just thinking to myself, if we finish the number one overall defense, then we got to have some pro, uh, all-pro guys also. Well, yeah. Just more than two. I mean, then you have to consider how are they doing it if they don't have players that are on that level. Is it all smoke and mirrors? Leslie Frazier putting together yeah. a great defense? Yeah. Or or do they have truly elite players that are going unnoticed? I mean, because we don't have a D-lineman that's going to make all pro. That's not going to happen. Not a chance. So no, The D-line is definitely a weakness still. So we, all, we agreed on Milano. Edmonds, you don't feel like it. I think Edmonds might be up for it. And then Porter Hyde. <laughs> so... They Poirier, should be in, in the running for it. Poirier, Hyde, Tredavious. So we got five guys. Let's just agree that we have five guys that realistically could get all pro. 
we'll say that they are definitely all pro bowlers. First team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pro bowlers for sure. Yeah. But you feel like only two of them will make all pro, and that's Milano and Trey White. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. And, you know, with with cornerbacks, it, it's hard to predict. You know, it's so much of it has to do with the the counting stats that we talked about. And, you know, they just don't throw at Trey. And while we're talking about that, can we talk about this renaissance that Levi Wallace appears to be having this year? He looked good, didn't he? He does. Yes. <laughs> he looked yeah, good. I, suddenly I'm thinking he's going to start getting paid like a starter. And suddenly we're going to quit saying that we're going to take a cornerback with the first pick of the draft? I think that is, yeah, I think that's very likely. He looked good, bro. Yeah, and he has. Teron Johnson at the slide. Yeah, yeah. Teron Johnson is making himself a ton of money yeah. going forward, so they obviously love him. You know, the Bills may have their starting three at corner for the next five years. And I wouldn't be mad about it. No. No, they do what they do well. And and I and I love it. But let's shift gears a little bit. Let's look ahead. Got the Colts coming up. Jonathan Taylor is running incredibly well, but Carson Wentz isn't passing particularly well. Then the Patriots. Well, no, then the Saints, then the Patriots. We were feeling really good coming into this three-game stretch, expecting the Bills to lose maybe one, but they lost two. How are you feeling going into the next three-game stretch? I feel good about it. Um, Once again, I I wish we would have got the Jacksonville game because that would have gave us a little cushion in case we mess up. We we can't mess up now. But the schedule's mess, I mean, the schedule is made for us not to mess up. We just got to take care of business. And so I'm upset at Stolatulale with this whole COVID thing. He sat out all last year. Now he's in COVID protocols. From what I understand, he's not vaccinated. So this goes back to what we talked about this summer uh, with Cole Beasley. How how you navigating through COVID during your Super Bowl window. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about the Colts this weekend, they run the ball well. I'm not worried about uh, the quarterback situation. I'm worried about the running game. I'm and very so worried us- about that myself. And so for us not to have a middle of our defense is kind of worrisome with Starla Tule out and then Tremaine Edmonds with the hammy. I don't think he's going to be available. So I do still think we will win. I believe we're six-point favorites early. Um, so I, I like the matchup, but it, it's worse. So I don't think it's going to be one of the uh, 40 to 10 blowouts. I think it's going to be more of a nail-biter. I think we could pull it out, though. Mm-hmm. And then the following week against the Saints is very winnable. Once again, they have lots of injuries. Their best players are not there. Winston's not there. The receivers, they don't have. Kamara might not play. If he do, he might not be 100%. So can we go on national TV on Turkey Day and get a win in the Big Easy? 
I think we always prepare well. It's just having a short week. I think we could do that too. Then mm-hmm. we have extra day to get ready for Monday night football in New England, which is a you gotta have it. it that's a godsend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, having playing on Thursday and then not for another what is it, ten days? Mm-hmm. That's that's super helpful. And right. especially going up against the Patriots because you know they are going to throw wrinkles at you that you haven't seen yet this season. So they're going to have to spend the extra time trying to figure out those tendencies. Yeah. So it's set up for us to win. I feel like usually we play well on national televised games. We just, you know, need Josh Allen to perform. I I want to go back to the game. Okay. I want to go back to the uh, the Jets game. And we talked about the defense a little bit, but let's, let's not only Spencer Brown – what about Matt Breida? This dude looked unbelievable, even though he fumbled. I like what he brought to the offense. I feel like he brings another dimension, and I want to see more of him. Ah, Matt Breida. So he was in the game for approximately six snaps, and he made a lot of noise. In the time that he was in the game. Do you think that he's a guy that can be relied upon or is he just a change of pace guy? I don't know, but I want to see two touchdowns, what, 50, 60 yards of offense and rushing carrying, nine point something uh, rushing per play. He only had three touches, but I want to see more. Okay. I think he I think he earned that. I, I, I feel like he earned enough to dress out the rest of the season, in my opinion. If he can contribute on special teams, he could probably take the active place of Jake Kumaro. Yeah. And we see a lot of a lot of teams out there dress multiple running backs. This past weekend, the Bills dressed five, if you include Reggie Gilliam. And, um, oh, you're a special teams ace there. Taiwan Jones. Taiwan Jones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I I, I want to see more, but you know me, man. I get excited about the little things. You do get excited. You know, <laughs> all the years, you're like, man, I'm tired of this quarterback. Man, put the backup in. You know, that, that's just my personality. So. Yeah, man. Brian Brown, we got to find out what we got, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, man. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, but, you know, what was the point of sticking with a starter at that point in the season anyway? Losses right. were helping you more than wins were. Exactly. Let's see what we got this guy, man. Shoot. Back in the day. And and he did start a game. Mm-hmm. But so did Thad Lewis. Yeah. But at least Thad Lewis still in the league, though. Is he back? He back up in uh, Seattle, I think. I don't think he's a bad player, honestly. Yeah. Brom is coaching. He coaches football. But he, I think he's at Purdue. I think. Oh, really? That seems like a good place for him. He's a good. He coaches somewhere where you have to be intelligent. Yeah. So, and then we can't. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Stefan Diggs, man. Eight yes. catches, 162 yards with a touchdown. Seemed like he done found his groove, huh? 
I should say so again. There was no respect at all for those Jets defensive backs, was there? I mean, they telegraphed those two fades in the end zone. I mean, the first one was telegraphed. The second one, I would not be surprised if Diggs walked up to the line of scrimmage and said to the guy covering him, "Hey, same play." And you know I love that, man. I I don't understand why people don't do that more often. It's just like Madden. If it's there, wide open, boom. Oh, we ain't get it. Man, run it again, man. That (laughs) that is demoralizing. It's like that classic Larry Bird story against the Pacers when he's like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go right over here, and I'm going to take a three-pointer, and I'm going to win the game. And he did it, but the timeout was called. So they – did it again and he came back out on the court and said hey same play hit it it's hit it twice in a row and that time actually won the game yeah nothing nothing is worse than that the only thing worse than that is if you're running the football and you telling them where you're where you're running it to that's demoralizing (laughs) i could tell you to play and you're still not going to stop oh that's rough gotta be how many times you do that to people in your playing days? Uh, not too often, man. We weren't. Nah. <laughs> you don't want to rub people's nose in it. Nah, not at all. What about Gabriel Davis with his toe taps, man? Three catches, 105 yards. He might have better field awareness than anybody I've ever seen. He just always knows where he is. He makes it look so easy, don't he? Anyway, this weekend, according to WGR 550, Beast Mode will be in Buffalo this weekend. Oh, yes. (laughs) How awesome is that, man? Oh, my God. I wish I could go, man. I love that dude, man. He's he's a national treasure. Oh, he's so funny. You know, I always talk about him, him not being a Buffalo, him not being a Bill. And then uh, Wyatt Teller, man, those are the two, man. And once again, Jason Peters. Yep. Those three guys, man, I wish they would have stayed in Buffalo their whole careers. That hurts. You got two Hall of Famers and one who is an All-Pro. Yeah. Damn. (laughs) He ran so hard. So, yeah, he'll be in uh, Buffalo this uh, weekend. So, if you're at the game, man, look for him, man. Buddy, can you give us a song? Hey, hey, hey. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.